turned off welcome to the people's patriot project we got your six at six patriot playtime june 26 you guys the month is almost over i hope you're getting your stuff done because uh i got i got a short summer left it feels like it's flying away way too fast way too fast um hey we are here as we are every sunday at 1800 central standard time bringing you our weekly show we bring you a guest usually someone who has a story to tell or someone who has a business or a nonprofit doing similar work to what we do um, or someone who just has a message as a patriot. We bring them in, let them share their story, and then we like to bring in music. So tonight we have got Teresa Gathers and we have got the Mike Donald Band with us. And it's going to be an evening of amazing discussion, lots of fun. I think it's going to be fun. But before that, I am going to ask that you take off your hat, stand if you can, and join us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag, to the flag of the of United, United States, States of America, America. And, and to the Republic, Republic which it stands, stands, one nation, nation under God, under God. Indivisible, Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice. Welcome, guys. This is quite the... Uh... Oh, my God. I'm having uh -oh, troubles already crap. right off the bat. Mike's got a little earthquake going on over there. No, because I stood and, and uh, <laughs> I messed my mount up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. There you One go. There you go. You're good. Speaker, my goodness. You know, I want to play a little bit of Metallica Sandman and do like before our show and we get to see everyone's face in the background, and our guests don't get to see us, but everyone starts jamming out when Dom's song comes on, and it just it's fun to watch. We it didn't happen with this crew, but every once in a while we find a, a nose picker wiper. Let's get everything out of the way. They don't realize they're on yeah. screen yet. Our our people were perfect today. They're composed, they're ready to go. 
And we're going to rock and roll another one for you guys this week. Not with rock and roll, but it says, uh, this is some good stuff. Country um, rock and roll. Country rock and roll. I love it. I think maybe this is, we do our Patreon. We do a pre-show about warming up to this thing because, uh, we do enjoy doing it. It takes a lot of work, but uh, the conversations we get to have with people across the country and the stories we get to hear, the missions that are boots on the ground and taking care of veterans and first responders across the country is phenomenal. And I think we've got two amazing, I don't want to call them storytellers, music, music storytelling, but uh, Teresa's got a, a passion mission of support and uh, just building people up. And so, and we have the one and only Derek Iozio checking in with uh, Catch-22 down in Texas. And it's just an exciting story on how this, and we call it family now, but this, uh, this group of roughly 160 organizations from across the country come together to help veterans and first responders across the, the states is absolutely freaking phenomenal. And I'd like to also have the the formal consideration. I mean, we haven't necessarily brought it straight through the board, but it's happening anyway. But uh, we have Dan <laughs> Hudson here this week, not as a guest, but as our director of uh, music enhancement. We'll call it that today. Oh, I like um, that. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, and the behind-the-scenes conversations we've been having with, with Dan and even today, Shannon Book, and musicians from across the country has just been invigorating. And it's been a hard time to keep up with it. And, and I need to let everyone know, not that I have to, but I'm going to say it, our mission's not about music. Our mission is about veterans and first responders and everyone that has served including the families that didn't sign those dotted lines. And, but the exciting part is we have amazing musicians like Mike and uh, others, roughly 90 of them in our network now, that we get to share the story. And not all of them is a woes, me, PTSD. Some are. Um, and, again, I'm not talking insensitive about that, but I know that a lot of people are like, oh, veterans are all broken. Oh, screw you. Uh, they're not. And we don't fix any of them. We're here to help, and we're here to recalibrate. And that's a part of the story that I want to bring Teresa in on this. Teresa, tell us as much as you can about us, where you're at, how you're serving, and tell us about where your voice shows up in this world to help veterans and first responders. So I've been in the Air Force for 16 years and security forces. So for what people don't know what that is, it's basically a mix between military, police, and infantry. Um, we support a lot of Army missions when we deploy, and then stateside, it's more of securing aircraft, resources, and law enforcement um, while we're in the continental United States. So I started off as enlisted, uh, made it up to an E-6, and then switched over, commissioned about five years ago, and um, now I'm a captain and a security forces commander. So um, for people that don't know what that is, I'm like equivalent to the chief of police for the base. In the future, if I would deploy more than likely, um, I will no longer be on the tactical side, which sucks because that's what I love to do. Um, I'm more at an operational strategic level now. So 
Um, I've had a lot of great opportunities, um, but with those with those opportunities, I've had a lot of loss through suicide. Um, in the past three years, I have lost seven people total. Four of those were suicides, and the other three were just people under 35 and un untimely deaths. So cardiac arrest, that could be related to any type of stressors. So... Um, I started to see more than that, more of that. And, um, I actually lost one of my guys back in October. He was found, um, dead in a hotel room while he was on leave and 24 years old. So it, it rocked my world. It rocked my unit's world. I had to put myself aside and, um, ensure that I could maintain the good order and discipline in my unit. We grieved together. We cried together. Um, we shared memories together. And I feel like my unit is an example of resilience. Um, so at this point in time, I've been sharing my story because um, that's just a portion of it to uh, um, save lives because I have sought out mental health um, recently and gone some, through some treatment programs. And um, my video probably got over 50,000 views at this point in time. So um, I've gotten the feedback that people are asking for help. Um, because in order to change the mindset of mental health seeking, you can't just say it. You have to show people in leadership positions that do it and their survival stories and success. So um, that's kind of how we got to know each other, Mark. Um, you saw my video and my message. So that's what I'm doing from this point forward. And I'm also getting certified as an executive life coach to help CEOs of companies um, and senior leadership teams on organizational change and leadership. Wow. What? Because you're in literally are in the trenches now. And I know mm -hmm. that some of our questions might hit a, a, a sore spot on occasion. And again, we only do this because uh, it's the practice and mm -hmm. a lot of people think that there's insensitivity about talking about suicide and talking about, well, what's the reason why, what, what is, why do you think this is happening with our young soldiers like this? So, um, honestly, the people I've experienced are more higher ranking than younger. Those numbers are normally not shared as much. So it's actually younger people getting mental health care more than people that have been in the military for a longer amount of time. And that's because the younger people are coming in with a structure where now it's like, go get mental health, go get physically checked out. Because in all actuality, everyone knows that by the time someone leaves the military, they're broken inside and out, right? And I've seen a lot of people lose families. Um, and I had a friend that just retired a couple of years ago after 29 years, and she got really sick because of the opposite effect of stress, right? She's always in high stress environments, and it slows down to the point where it's a complete opposite. It makes you sick, right? So the biggest thing we try to preach now is um, if you're able to identify issues or struggles and find coping mechanisms, healthy ones, uh, in the beginning, then most people will never get down to that path, right? If you are ahead of it. Um, it's the same thing with an injury, right? You can start with a, like any type of like fracture, but if you kind of let it heal and then you get back into the job and then you put more pressure and pressure and pressure. It's just going to be worse off than it was in the 
um, original setting, right? So same thing with your mental health. So I'm preaching to people because they're scared of it affecting their careers. And I mean, when I came in, everyone told me, don't ever go to the doctor and definitely don't say there's anything wrong with you mental health wise, Mm -hmm. right? Because they'll kick you out of the military. They'll take your gun. They'll do this. So I am now the example. I show my guys that you can go get mental health. You can be on medication. You can go through an intensive treatment program because the one I went through was outpatient um, through Emory Health up in Atlanta. It's a veterans program. So there was only like five of us in it uh, when I went through and everyone had their own program where they focus on a military trauma or a trauma that's affecting their career. Um, so I think leading by example is going to change that. And when you have a, a group of people that have been institutionalized for decades, it's, it's going to take examples rather than words. What kind of structure do you think, and, I, and I'm talking about this in the fact, I, I spent 14 years in and I just, my son just went in as a 17 year old and did his first four years. And he did it during the era of this thing we call COVID-19, which is his enlistment was, he was very disappointed because he didn't get a chance to move around. He didn't get a chance to do his job. He became a, a track driver instead of a, a 13 Fox, which is a forward observer. And he, he never even got to do his job. And so, but he's, he's stateside now. He's doing Army Reserve. What, what do we tell? Cause I think you're right. I think there's two different pieces we need to talk about. We are talking about our young, barely ready to leave the nest soldiers both female and male and then we've got our career soldiers that have lived in this structure of of um, you know what i get up i shine my shoes not so much anymore but shine my shoes do do our thing and you know it, it, there's a structure how do we meet in the middle for all of it do you have an idea a plan or i mean they're not trying to put you on the spot because i want to figure these pieces out and work together and and find this this plan So I'm a very unorthodox leader in the military. I actually get to know every single one of my guys. I know their spouses' names. I know how many kids they have. I've met majority of their kids, um, pets, personal goals, professional goals. Ever since I became an officer, I've taken the time to right off the bat do a one-on-one and then understand who they are. Um, And I say that because my chief, he's been in for just about 29 years. And then I have the youngest one that's 18, right? So that age gap. Um, And they both appreciated that interaction and feeling like a person and I cared about them and actually gave a shit about them. My love, cuss, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Um, Oh, yeah. First one. First one. And it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'll add that that to the record. I got more, just like in softball. <laughs> okay, but everyone appreciates to be seen, right? Um, I'm someone that believes that you can counteract suicide and a lot, a lot of like tendencies that um, are in that same type of lane when it comes to struggle if you value your people. Um, so my guys, I have a a great relationship with them. I know that they would jump in front of the bullet for me, not only because I'm their commanding officer, but because I I would do the same for them. And they know that for a fact. 
So um, I think valuing and, and caring and accountability, I mean, that has been my thing for the longest is what ensures mission success. Like I'm not soft. I might, the way I talk and how much I love my guys and people see that I love my guys. But if you go to any of my guys in my unit and ask them if I coddle them or I'm soft, they're probably going to laugh in your face. Right. Um, but they, they respect me enough to do what I ask. Um, if they have questions because they genuinely want to understand it, I'll answer them. But um, they give me as much feedback as I give them. And I actually learned that from someone in the Navy fields, that that's how you get a, a team that is going to flourish and stick together and move forward is by those qualities. So I love it. And I, I wouldn't say, and a lot of people are going, oh, my gosh, how can you dare say that? I, I don't know that that's the norm. You're, the way you approach this isn't the norm. It's, But it's also kind of the way that the People's Patriot Project kind of reaches out as well. We believe in being boots on the ground. And what you have done is built a relationship. And relationships aren't bad. They're not bad in the, in, in the military world. They're not bad in the first responder world. There's... Um, for me, it's easier to have someone's back knowing that they legitimately have my back and that there's a built foundation under that a relationship. And it doesn't mean it's got to be all cuddly, wuddly relationship. It's just, you know, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. And it's, what's the strangest pet one of your soldiers has? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Chinchilla. I wouldn't say that's strange. My, Is that like a squirrel? My last commander almost got a, a tarantula. So I said I was going to get that for like the squadron pet. And they're like, nope, we'll burn the squadron alive if it, if it gets anywhere. <laughs> um, a chinchilla is kind of like a, it's a hairy hamster, kind of. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's but don't they climb like more tail. of a more of a monkey type thing? Like I would say, squirrel. I think you're right. More of a squirrel than a monkey. <laughs> yeah. 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 A squirrel um, monkey. Yeah, Spy, spider monkey. monkey, maybe. I don't know. Baby monkey dog, whatever that thing was. <laughs> I'll have to Google it after the show here. I don't have a biology yeah. degree. I have a question for Teresa if you can. I yeah. First of all, I I have to I almost want to call you cat. I was a I was a red hat, so I was security forces deployed with security forces unit with 384th. And uh um the unorthodox uh methodology I think should not be called that at some point, because I think you're going down the right path because I, to me, do you feel like you're battling a stigma of this whole going to mental health? Or do you have a generational gap within the people that you command uh, some of the older, maybe the senior masters or something like that versus, versus maybe the E2s or the E3s who are more willing to go to, to mental health versus some of the senior enlisted people. How do you, how do you, erase that stigma? So I was told by our director of psychological health that over 50% of the people in my unit are now seeking mental health because I've normalized it. Um, that's a huge win. That's probably one of that's the most a win. That's a proud victory. things I've ever, like, we have our DPH on the base. That's what we call it. She's just more of a person that provides resources um, on the outside, but they'll come to me and ask, Several people on my senior leadership team talk to her. So it's across, I have normalized it. That's the difference, right? So 
other commanders in the wing, um, they'll like say, yeah, mental health is good, but then someone will overhear them talking shit about someone. Oh, I'll do that again. Go in the mental health. You're good. <laughs> Go I like that you normalized that, actually. <laughs> Look at Mike. Mike taking count. <laughs> oh, I'm a Marine. I, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not talking right now. No. So I, I on it. So I'm actually, um, since you bring up your combat arms, right? So yeah, I was a um, cat. Well, yeah, now it's combat arms, cat. Darn it. Um, I'm old. So I'm old. <laughs> you're not that old. I have the old My red hat and block letters. <laughs> no, that's what they still wear. Do they? Still wear awesome. um, I I was asked to be um, the security forces and office of special investigations lead for a new initiative that was put out by the space force and the air force called Fortify the Force Mental Health Initiative. So it's a grassroots efforts that has worked with um, a couple other teams that we have that rather than it going through a whole chain of command um we have leads on our teams and they talk to the lead that reports directly to the chief of staff of the air force and the space force commander um to put different policies into place so it doesn't have to go through weeks months years um and actually there's a sexual assault leave policy that just changed that I was a part of um, giving victims convalescent leave when they're a victim because right now it's it has been expected right it's not written anywhere but when I went through my sexual assault I was expected to be at work the next day after reporting hmm. you know and that just doesn't make sense so there was no. never anything in writing um, for the Air Force there now is it's 30 days intermittent and it's a very broad guidance because they don't want people being put in a corner of who has to um, ask for it um, what the days are used for so it could be mental health days it could be stuff like I just don't want to come to work today because I'm having triggers like anything of that sort um, we need to stop assuming because some people may abuse something that everyone else doesn't deserve something, right? Because we can all say that something in the military is if some one person does something really great, we don't all reap the benefits. But if one person does something really bad, guess who's all standing mm. in their dress blues? You know what I mean? So well, I'm trying and, to get away from that mindset. And that's one of the toughest pieces. And I totally get what you're talking about. And I was hesitant in asking the question about how much pushback. And I don't ask that question yet. Um, it, but percolate a little bit but i mean we've all everyone here and excluding andrea but her father served and she's a great asset to the people's picture project because of that piece but we've all been in the service where we've seen that one soldier abuse every one of the systems that are there mm -hmm. and they're the ones that ruin it for the ones that are legitimately trying to get the help that they need but and then advice what's that why do they ruin it for everyone when it was one person? Well, I, you're saying great they do, point, right? Yeah. Great point. Yeah, great point. And that's my point. Why? Why is it like that? Because, and I think because the frequent users um, are allowed to continue to frequently use, and and that's a frustration. And I, I see that in a lot. But then there's also the vice versa of this. This is there's the ones that you know 
<laughs> can I hand you a card and say, hey, get over there because you need this. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your performance. I can see it in, in how you are tying your boots for Pete's sakes. I need you to take a timeout. And I don't, again, I don't have the answers to those. And I, I am so thank you, Teresa, for being literally that tip of the spear and willing. Because I'm, I'm guessing you've taken, so let's go to the question. I'm, I'm guessing you've taken a couple knock on the noses because of the position you've taken. Yes, specifically in my career field, right? Uh, there is a lot of officers outside of my career field that have shared that video that I posted. And Chief Bass, the Chief Master in the Air Force, actually shared it on her page, both Instagram and Facebook. Um, and a lot, there was a lot of good feedback with it. But some people don't still to this day think that that is strength when you talk about your struggles you've had. And um, the first thing that people want to do is figure out if you're competent and still fit for duty to carry a weapon. And I can tell you the support for my career field was, I would say, an eighth of the support I got from the rest of the military, including the SEAC, because he's one of my mentors. And because of him, commenting on my video and everything. I got in touch with a lot of special forces dudes and they told me their story um, of what they went through because we share a mutual uh, mentor. So it's sad, but I don't care, right? I'm gonna be real. I knew I was gonna get pushback. I didn't do this to for me to get any type of recognition. I've never been about that and anyone that knows me knows that. I did it, if I could save one life by putting myself out there, that's why I did it because of the the point I got to a few months ago where I feared taking my own life. And I know so many people who have dealt with that same concern and felt like they had nowhere else to turn. So I wanted to show people it is okay, right? And, and ultimately there are programs that you don't have to be embarrassed about. I didn't know, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I never knew there was a intensive outpatient program strictly for veterans. There's four of them across the United States and they pay for everything, everything hmm. you per diem travel, um, hotel and from 8am to 5pm, you're just going through really expensive therapy treatment. Um, and then you go back to a hotel room and the next day you come in and having that flexibility where I wasn't inpatient, which I'm not talking bad against, but it's not for me. Right me feeling like I still had control over my life while getting that intensive treatment is exactly what saved my life. Like those, those professionals there, they're either a veteran, they grew up in a military family or their spouse is military or a veteran, you know? So it was nice to not have to explain all the military aspects when trying to go through combat trauma, loss and military sexual trauma. And that's a gigantic so. piece right there is the military experience and an understanding of the military experience. And because you can't go to a regular doctor for that, that they have no clue what the biological makeup, even of the female at that time, the, the change that happens in the military experience. It's different than the regular makeup of a regular female in, in the normal world. And a lot of people don't understand that. Mm hmm. This is this is the this story is the epitome of courage and leadership to me, honestly. I agree. And you and you seem like a very humble person, 
but it takes so much courage to do everything that you've done. And people have probably told you that, but you've also done it by example. And not only that, uh, a lot of the conversations that Andrea and Mark and I have are about, hey, let's not forget the families. Well, you, you started off with that, like, hey, I get to know these people's families, so I know you're watching out for them too. So I, I, I honor you. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I hope you get to hear that more. Let's change the, the, the tune a little bit here. <laughs> Literally, figuratively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike, Yo. tell us about your service, brother. About my service. So um, me, and a, me and a couple buddies, we all enlisted together. Uh, you know, we were going to do the buddy program thing, but then other Marines told us, no, you don't want to do that because they make you hold hands in boot camp and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we all enlisted together and uh, – we all went to boot camp together. I went to California for uh, Marine Corps MCRD, California. And this is 2002, so it's been a while. Um, and, I mean, you know, there's really not much to tell about boot camp. Boot camp sucks. Um, but, you know, I got out of there, and my MOS was uh, a diesel mechanic. So I wanted something that would be applicable to, uh, to a trade when I got out. So basically having Uncle Sam pay for my trade in college and, th and things like that. But uh, the Marine Corps had other plans for me, so I was kicking doors and uh, – crap like that in Afghanistan within that next year after, uh, after MOS training. And so I deployed twice over, over four years to Iraq and Afghanistan, um, operation enduring freedom and operation Iraqi freedom, uh, with one, six, six Marine division. And we were on the USS wasp. So I did a, a float, which was no fun. You stuck on an aircraft carrier with 6,000 other troops for two months. Uh, but you know, we pop around to some cool places like Malta, Italy. We hit Italy. Um, Spain, Tarragona, Spain. I, you know, I wanted to do the run with the bulls and all that stuff like that. So I got to see the world, uh, deployed a couple times, did some things that I typically don't talk about on a, on a daily basis. Cause I, I don't run into folks like y'all a lot either. So, uh, I do have all my Marine Corps friends still, we're still close. We keep in touch, uh, like my unit, I guess you'd call us, you know, my platoon and, um, like, is it Teresa? Like Teresa said, they just start falling off the grid, man. I mean, I don't know why. I don't think suicide has been uh, a constituent, but a couple of them have died over the last couple of years. And it's like, man, there's only 12 of us. Now we're down to nine. You know, we, we need to talk more y'all. So anyway, after that, do you do, that? Do you yeah, that? We, we, we catch up, we catch up. I mean, they're all up on the Northeast uh, towards North Carolina more. Uh, and I'm here in Texas. So, I can't physically catch up with them or anything, but every now and then, you, you know, Northeast North Carolina. That's not yeah, Northeast North Carolina. From me, it is. <laughs> so for me, if you go north and you go east, you wind up in North Carolina. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I mean, it's not the only place you can get to, but you know, that's right, a good right, right. We say north. The next thing north to us is Canada, so that's that's. North. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. from Texas, uh, everything is north. And then east of that's the Carolina. So they're out in that area, you know, Georgia, Carolinas, Virginia, uh, all my buddies. So, but we catch up every now and then, you know, you'll be having too much at, to drink at a bar at one o'clock in the morning, your phone will ring and you'll be like, what is this dude doing? You know, end up talking for two hours or something. Uh, but other than that, let's see, I got out of the military, uh, 2008 and I got stop lost on a third deployment to Iraq. So, uh, I, my daughter was just born at the time, so uh, the recruiter gave me an option. He said, you can go non-ob and join this reserve unit that might also deploy, or you can go ahead and deploy to Iraq for a year and get it over with. 
So, you know, in the sake of my daughter, I didn't want to leave her. Um, and so I just did, I joined 23rd Marines downtown here in Houston and did a bunch of workups. I was an E5, so it was pretty nice, uh, you know, just be able to keep my time in grade and, and get in there and do sergeant stuff, man. Just hit the field, play in the field and shoot stuff. And uh, what Marine, Marines are pretty simple creatures. <laughs> so I got to do that for a couple of years and then I got out clean off contract in 2012. And uh, I've been raising my girl and just had a baby boy and um, spend time with my wife. We got property and I guess I'm, I play music too. So I got a couple songs on the radio. Uh, yeah, man, life's good. How, how has your experience in the military impacted your life the most? My experience in the military. Well, like I said, uh, my trade is, was, was important to me. I've always been very mechanically inclined. My first vehicle um, my stepdad said, Hey, it doesn't have an engine. So if you want to drive it, you're gonna have to figure that out. And I was like, well, crap, you know, Hey, I didn't cuss yet. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a twofer so far. So, uh, and, uh, you know, we put the engine in together and he, he helped me figure out that. And it just kind of piqued my interest at the time. And, and mechanics was what I wanted to do. So, uh, when I went in the military, that's where I focused most of that at. And I was a diesel mechanic for six Marines after I got done with the infantry stuff. And, uh, and then I moved over to Second Tank Battalion for a couple of years and worked on bigger equipment after that. Um, and then when I got out, Uncle Sam put me through school, so I was in college for about five years, and I got my mechanical engineering degree. And now, if I'm not, you know, touring Texas or playing music on the weekends, I work my nine to five as an engineer for a construction company. That's awesome. Yeah, and, man. And Teresa, we'll fix this. We'll make it look like he sweared a couple times. We'll just. Here, I'll tell you what. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> a little there was one. Yep, here we go. There, one. Okay. there I go. <laughs> it's it's That's two. Now, so yeah. Now we're neck yeah. and neck. We're tied. Um, I'll tie it up. So for the world, our our audience understands and knows that we celebrate the veteran that and first responder that has done extra and done more. And you didn't get to go to the school of Juilliard and, and go learn a craft and eat ho-hos and bonbons your entire life and then turn around and create a music career. You you were boots on the ground. You went and did something different. You did something that was selfless of you and served your country. And now you're, you're picking up. And I, I'm telling you right now, man, we have been so excited about the musicians we've been able to bring into our network. And I'm going to tell you, you're one of the special ones. Um, really? That I've been listening to. Uh, and again, this isn't over because now you're part of the family. And, I can, my, and uh, we're going to entertain this and, uh, right and uh, get everyone connected and put together. But uh, you got three songs. Shoot, man. Um, let's just hit him with Mr. Fixer right off the bat because Mr. Fixer. I think that's my favorite song I've ever wrote, and it's definitely my favorite video uh, we've ever shot. So, is there a story behind it? Yeah, a uh, buddy of mine is more of a Mr. Fixer type guy than I am. He uh, can literally fix anything, you know, plumbing problems. We always joke he could probably build his own house, you know, when girls are like, You want a woman that can cook? Well, can you build a house? This dude can build a freaking house, right, by himself. So uh, the only thing he could never fix was his relationships because they were just always bad. So I wrote a song about that and kind of put myself in his shoes. And uh, I called it Mr. Fix-It because the only thing he could fix everything except for his relationship. So. And he's actually in the video. In the beginning, the intro of the video, that's me and him working on that old 68 Camaro. All right. We got Mike to know Mr. Fix-It.
Well, man, thanks for going around good today. I hope so. If she don't, fix her like I always do. And that's not all you're going to need to fix. together didn't you andrea real quick uh uh mike come go out come back in andrea can you do the news real quick let us just start with a reminder about ptsd awareness month that's june um it's intended to wear to raise public awareness about issues related to ptsd and reduce the stigma associated with ptsd and help ensure that those suffering from the invisible wounds of war receive proper treatment um so we stick with that all month, but we actually stick with that all year. Um, the 25th, which was yesterday, um, that was the anniversary of the start of the Korean War in 1950. You know, that one gets forgotten a lot. So the Korean War, 
Um, we do have tomorrow. Tomorrow is National PTSD Awareness PTSD Awareness Day. Tomorrow, June 27th. This is a day set aside to raise public awareness hello, hello, about, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> about the issues related to PTSD. And there's a lot going on. Um, if you check your local, some places even have like actual gatherings, um, happening meetings, um, classroom type things. So check that out in your local area. And then um, I wanted to include things about uh, just a big thing about um, we do first responders. So we are veteran first responder support. And I wanted to bring in because we debate, debate this all the time. And we've decided dispatchers also are included in that in that EMT first responder category. And so um, it does not happen that they do get qualified or classified as first responders quite often, which leaves them out of access to a lot of the benefits that first responders um, are entitled to. So in Virginia, um, there's a big, big, big push. And I'm sure it's not the only place, but they're kind of leading the way, um, pushing legislators to step in and help make a change for that. Uh, their role is 999% vital to everything else that happens in the first responder world. Um, in Franklin County, Virginia alone, there are 57,000 citizens and 18 dispatchers ready to answer calls. Um, for the dispatcher, they're on the other end of the line that doesn't get the, hey, it's happy birthday. Um, how you doing today? Instead, it's the, hey, this is, I'm dying. They're dying. Somebody's dying. There's blood everywhere. I don't know what's happening. My mom's on the floor. Um, that's pretty traumatic. And so those dispatchers live through that every day, every hour, every phone call. Um, so as a result of that, they suffer a lot of PTSD trauma. Um, I mean, it's just, they don't get the benefits of that then. So there's a big push, uh, starting in Virginia, like I said, Roanoke area. Um, but let's hope that that spreads through the country. And we continue getting those dispatchers in on all the benefits and all, including them in the awareness for PTSD as well. Um, that is focus in first responders world today. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. I don't know what happened. In the middle of the video, it started doubling up the video and then I just lost everything. I tried to get back in, but it was all messed up. So it was It's a good song, Mike. You should listen to it. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to check it out sometime yeah Teresa doesn't have those problems so I guess I know that's the Air Force for you I have they a lot of funding. other problems though, so swear okay. more maybe I don't know. hey that's the Air Force they got all the funding okay I'm, you know. Space Force now We're not Space Force See, I'm, all the Marines just sit down here at the bottom and go daddy please can I have some money yeah. um, you didn't have any fun making that song did you that, that well, the song, you know, is always fun recording in the studio and stuff, but shooting that video was awesome. You know, uh, I want to give an honorable mention to my wife. So she runs all my camera gear. A uh, long time ago, I just got sick and tired of spending thousands of dollars on these videos. And I said, I could probably figure this out myself. And I spent thousands of dollars on the equipment. Uh, but in the, in the long run, I've probably shot 10 of my own music videos since then, just by buying all this cinematic gear and lenses and then learning how to do the software and, uh, and my wife is out there, she was pregnant at the time and she was holding my camera rig, which was like 17 pounds, just trying to balance it on her stomach for like seven hours at this racetrack in the sun. So she's the one, she's the uh, the one that got that video, all those shots. Well, let's, 
let's lift up your she wife because great. again, she's probably one that didn't sign up for the mission and uh and and she's there by your side and that's it's one of the pieces we talk about all the time is yeah. the, the family of our veteran and first responders. So thank your wife. Yeah. I want to say perfect. One of the pieces that me and Dan were talking about before the, the show even started was he was really intrigued about the quality of your videos uh, because a lot of times we have to show videos that aren't videos at all. They're just a screenshot. Yeah. And it's really tough to put up audio on here and just look at all of our mugs while we're listening to someone else's song. But, no, the I – you guys put together a great package, and that's uh... thank you. Well, I've I've been uh, I've been shooting my own videos for a while now, and I guess I got so good at it that uh, other local musicians have reached out to me. So I mean, I do a lot of other people's work now too. Uh, I started a videography company called Blue Dog Media. So if uh, if you're out there, Uh-oh. Andrew or Th- Teresa, if you want a music video done, we can hook you up. All right. <laughs> Sweet. I'm not saying you can sing. Oh, well, you listen, you dance, you dance, I'll sing. It's a deal. You know, it's important too. you know, when, when you have such a uh, awesome song and it, one of my favorites, I'm not going to lie. And you probably hear this a lot, Mike is can't keep my eyes off, off you. And yeah. just the way it's done. I mean, the video can, can help or sometimes. Okay. So hurt. that's my wife in the video. It's, it's amazing. It's done so well. And Mark and I were t- like, Mark said, we were talking about this. It was like, man, uh, Mike's videos are amazing and it really it, they complement the song because sometimes they contradict the song a little bit and you're you're yeah. nailing it man you're nailing it I try to make the whole mood of the video around the song so you don't always want to be literal with your uh, with your videography when it comes to the lyrics but um sometimes you just kind of you, you take and you storyboard it that's what I like to do and just say here's what I want to be this shot and the first verse and we'll go shoot that and I'll just kind of mix them together when I'm in here in the studio and uh so far, so good, man. It's coming out pretty good. It does help that I'm the writer of the song, and I know sure. full well the intentions of the song. So how I want to create that visual aspect of it is very easy. And, Teresa, thank you for not burping on the show tonight as well, okay? It's, that's only Mike doing that tonight. Too. So she burped? Oh, yeah, I got I got a beer down here. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it, honestly. I love it. I, would, I, I was like, did you hear me when I burped earlier? I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> No. Just See, Mark me. gets to mute his own audio when he passes gas. So, <laughs> I, right? If you only knew how many times I did that. <laughs> or he puts that he puts the funny noises over it and then pretends, oh, that's this yeah. little yeah, this right. little app I have. Yeah, we're on. It sounds like a real fart. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Teresa, well, first of all, Mike, what are you doing um, October twentieth through the twenty fifth? 20th through the 25th man uh october is pretty booked up i think i got shows every friday and saturday in october oh that's tough why what's going on mm-hmm. well i think we could use you in nashville but i guess you're too busy well <laughs> depends on which shows i'm i don't know if i can move any of them around anymore but just uh just shoot me some dates man we'll um yeah. we'll talk and we'll talk privately and see it. if we can make that happen we're just going to be at yeah. the Grand Ole Opry doing the red carpet. That's not I'll cancel big... all my shows. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're doing. It's maybe we'll no talk. Big, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big I'm going to go get. I'm going to go get my keys. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to buy a hat. Two questions that we can break hat. this up because yeah, again, Dan, I can we, see your head. You need a hat. We always tell everyone. <laughs> Go ahead. Go, go, um, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a jokester. Go ahead. No, it's perfect. Um, we always tell everyone this is an hour long show. 
and I'm looking at the time, and realistically, we're not going to make an hour. And if anyone needs to go, just let us know. Um, Teresa, two questions, and, and we can break it up into pieces and put a song in the middle, or you can answer both of them right now. Uh, one is, what's next, and then how can we support you? So, uh, And that might be two very long topics. They're not really long, so I can answer both. Um, I just requested a medical evaluation board. Um, I'm so I'll be retiring out of the military here shortly in months, but um, I'm still going to be a part of those two initiatives I talked about, and then um, I'm going through my executive life coach certification, like I said. So that I can kind of um, impact in a different type way. And um, also looking to join a research team for PTSD because I'm applying for my doctorate in psychology so I can go work for that program that saved my life. So that's what's next. Mm-hmm. How can and we support you? How can we support you? You need to put a song on. I'll be back to that. You, right. I'm not normally speechless because no. one, I don't normally ever have an answer when someone says, how can I support you? So, well, and that's, it's a crazy question. And this is in relevance mm-hmm. to what you want to do. Your service isn't done. Your, your service is <laughs> clearly defined in another area. Um, normally we save these conversations for post-show. And I, I I'm just going to say, we're, we're going to invite you into camp EP3 and, and figure out how we can all work together because I think us all working together is going to have a broader uh, grab. And so we'll talk about that piece, but maybe that helps plant some seeds for you. Mike, let's go to one of your next songs. Okay. Which one? Uh, well, you've got With You and Puzzle Piece. Puzzle Piece. Oh, I didn't send you. I can't keep my eyes off you. Hmm. No. I can, yeah, I can get it if yeah let's if go with that i love that puzzle song. piece i love if that we... one mike <laughs> puzzle piece oh, i think I he said that. it like a hundred times by now thank you teresa <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you're yeah, whining like a little bit i i so i have not heard or seen that one so <laughs> i thought that was going to be funny let's uh let's replace thing. let's replace puzzle piece with uh can't keep my eyes off you because puzzle piece is it's just a, a pass-through track. There's not really much importance to it. It's just a good rocking song I like. So that's going to take me a minute to do, which is fine. So let's go with you right now. Okay. And we'll load, we'll put it up, and I'll go get – tell me one more time the name of it. Uh, can't Keep My Eyes Off You. All right. This is Mike Donnell with you. Is there a story behind it? Well, it's Donnell, Mike Donnell. <laughs> and, Donnell. Uh, Donnell. It's all right. Uh, Andrea said Mike Donnell Band. Do I have band I behind my stuff anywhere? There's some band I, stuff out there. Your is it? Because yeah. uh, right? so when I first launched my music career, it, I went with Mike Donnell Band uh, because you know we had a band at the time. But as it progressed, I took the band away, and then I redistributed more music. But all the all the music distributors out there created two artists, Mike Donnell and Mike Donnell Band, and it frustrates me, and they won't fix it. I've wrote everybody I could, but oh. anyway, okay, I'll fix it. I'm gonna no, put no, a big no. fix. It's no, it's no your, big deal. I just try to make that correction anytime I run across it. So is your current email still have band in it? Yeah, because uh, it's my original email. So if I create another yeah. one, I lose a bunch of contacts. You got to have it. Mike Donnell, band. Yeah. Don, Mike Donnell, just Mike Donnell. I'll, put, I'll make it Mike Donnell, not band. 
Not Ben, Mike Donnell. Yeah. It's Mike Donnell. He's here. But uh, so with you is my second uh, Texas uh, radio single. I guess you'd call it Texas only. But down here in Texas, we distribute to just a few states like Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, maybe some of Colorado and Kansas. Uh, we don't reach much radio outside of that, or it's considered a national radio campaign, and those are expensive. So um, this was my second radio single, and it it did. I've never had one hit number one or anything like that. There's a lot of talented people here just in Texas, and uh, it's like. I, I, I always say it's bigger than Nashville, a uh, red dart market. Um, but y'all got the national scene. So uh, it, it did make top 70, I believe, and it held around top 70 for 20 weeks. So it's got some solid state power. And I think this song is kind of the ones that put me on the map with radio. So when I started distributing more songs, I'm on my seventh radio single right now. Uh, they were more receptive to it, right? You know, so it it hung around there long enough to be able to establish more of a name for myself. And it really helped me advance my career a lot. Um, but this song, I wrote this song as a Valentine's day gift for my wife. Like she's, she's very successful. Uh, I'm an engineer with an engineering degree and she makes more than me. So I'll just, I'll just put that out there. Uh, it's hard to shop for a woman like that. You know, what do you buy a woman that buys everything she wants when she wants it? So, you know, you got to start thinking and making stuff like, oh, I made you this vase, you know, with love. She's like, Oh, I love it. It was free. <laughs> anyway, I wrote her this song. And uh, when she woke up, I had flowers and stuff coming out of the bedroom to the laptop and it said, play me. Uh, you know, she cried. So, uh, I guess overall that was a success. Not, not that I made her cry, but that she liked it. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, she's actually also in this video. It, it, it helps that she's just dropped dead gorgeous. I'd use her as my model all the time. So that's it. Awesome. Mike Donnell with you. To my show that night I was lost, 
videoed that your wife videoed that yeah oh How's my gosh good? that is so good thanks that is just Amazing. so good i love the ending too yeah all my all my videos we shot ourselves. that is amazing that awesome absolutely, absolutely amazing so well done thank you thank you yeah and i've got the other song loaded up already too so that was but maybe that was enough time to hear uh or for Teresa to how can we support you Teresa? Not really good when people ever ask me that because I'm normally the one supporting everyone else. Um, but I, if you're serious about that, which I feel like you are, um, I would like to be on the show again in the future for like a update um, and to kind of offer where we're at um, in the Air Force with mental health, hoping that people from other branches, it gives them hope, you know, with some of the, we should have policy changes by then. I feel like I would have zero problems, even up in the ante a little bit. And again, this is typically post-show conversation, but I would have zero problems with you being a regular on the show and being part of the, because you legitimately, so many of the people, that on are on our platforms are boots on the ground organizations who haven't been in the trenches for a while. And I think you have a pivotal place uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, there, I run a campaign that says don't check the boxes, but you check some boxes and I, that's important stuff. And uh, that's, that's not a judgment. It's not a, it's, it's a piece that's important. And, our job here is to catch as many as we can. That's our job. And we would I would love to have you be part of this as a regular if you'd be interested in doing that. And yeah. we could even develop a whole new show if you'd like to. Uh, we have a, another one right now, Sugar Rose, who runs Motivation Mondays right now. Check her out at, I think she does six or seven, but she, I saw her on here a minute ago. Um, I know she's, I think, done it both times. I just... Uh, check for her on Mondays. Great story, great mission, um, support, uh, veteran support, or actually in-house family support for uh, enlisted soldiers in the family world, and uh, just love having her around. 
Um, and so the, the sky's the limit with what we're doing. And we're looking to move this media opportunity to a bigger and larger platform the entire time. So, um, does that give me I'm, an invite to the red carpet as well, or that's only for Mike? You are invited to Nashville. How's that? <laughs> you are invited to Nashville. I tell you what, Mike and Teresa both have a new fan. I, I honestly, I, I've been Thank listening you. to your music all week, Mike. I just, oh, good. Thank Lord. you. And Teresa, your story is so inspiring, and your leadership is uh, is really the epitome. And I, I think people can turn to you and, and, uh, and, you can be that example and it looks like you are. So thank you both so much. Absolutely. That's how we do. That's how we roll. Brian Gibson, good to see you, brother. Project Die Hard, Illinois. Uh, Good to see you, brother. Um, He has his event at the end of June. Hope Stock. I said June. I meant to say July. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. We don't have a graphic up yet. That's on me. Uh, But we'll get that as we get closer to it. And, uh, if you want to go see an amazing mission, head to McCanda, Illinois, the last week of July, and see what they got going on. Mike. Yes, sir. Got your last song. What's what's next for you? How can we support you? Well, um, so I think I mentioned that, that we bought some property, and we're in the, in the point of our life where we're trying to build our dream home out on some land in the middle of nowhere and kind of get a garden and you know, I got a bunch of horses and things like that, right? That's always been my dream is to live as far away from the city as possible. It's weird because I'm a musician and I need a city, but that's what I got a bus for <laughs> and a driver to take me there. So uh, we're in the process of doing that. And I've been trying to cut some corners on, on my budget, especially in my music career. Uh, and I decided to cut out recording in a major studio, although previous albums that I've done have all been in major studios. Uh, it costs ten thousand dollars minimum to cut a to cut an album. I don't know if anybody knows that, but you know where the music industry is heading. Us artists will spend so much money creating these things, and we're like, I got this masterpiece here. Where's my camera? I got this masterpiece here. I spent a lot of money on. Anybody want to buy it? They're like, Nah, we'll get it for free on Spotify. So it's a waste of money, you know. And it sucks because you need that product to sell, and you got to have quality product to compete with anybody out there that's really doing anything big. So again, I said, pretty sure I could do this myself. And I spent the money and I built the recording studio, uh, you know, and I, and I spent countless hours on YouTube watching courses about how to, how to track music, mix and master and, and do all these things and the gear that I'd need to put out some quality music. And I think I did it. I just finished my fifth album, but I recorded, I wrote the entire album, recorded all of the instruments, including drums keys piano all the guitars all every guitar solo backup vocals and vocals i did here myself in my home studio so what's next for me you asked is that i i have 12 new songs that i'm ready to put out and i just released the first one off of that called changes it's my new current radio single it just went out to radio actually it goes out to radio monday tomorrow so uh i'm really excited to see where that takes me uh or see if people laugh at me because the quality sucks <laughs> We'll see. Make or break your career type moments, you know, but that's what foundations are built on. So make sure we can get our hands on those tracks because we'll throw it on our licensed and royalty paying radio station. We P3 radio. Absolutely. I'll send it to you as soon as we get off here. Absolutely. Awesome. And tomorrow's the release date. No, the song's already out. The song came out last Monday, but okay. this this coming Monday is when my distributor was going to send it out to every Texas country radio okay. uh, yeah. radio station, which is 2000, something like that. Yeah. 
and I think we just got a ton to talk about in post show. So if you have time to hang around just for a minute, we'll just all right. We'll regurgitate, burp, swear, and uh, I'll get my beer. You got to, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Ah, I like Mike. Um, <laughs> this is our buddy check time before we get into the launch of uh, Mike's last song. Make sure you're reaching out. We call it the six pack. Go ahead and grab six of your closest, maybe not closest buddies, comadres, whatever you want to call them. Just say hi. It's really easy. I know you can do the waves and Facebook and this and that. Maybe that's all we need to do, man. Just go wave. I'm here for you. This is a chance to save some brothers and sisters that might be struggling a little bit. And if you think they're the strongest one in your unit, your section, your platoon, reach out to them first because uh, it's those leaders that are in front that sometimes are dealing with all the garbage that they got to deal with on the daily. Um, this is the opportunity. We are the beacon of hope. Um, remember, the People's Patriot Project gives you a chance to serve after service is over. gives you a chance to serve if you've never had a chance to serve before. And our ultimate goal is to go out and save lives. With the team we're building it's not a team, it's a family, and we're enjoying every part of our mission as we're moving along. Uh, it's awesome to have two more members of our family this week. I hope you felt like you're part of family. It seems really easy to have these conversations. And um, Dan was with me today. We talked about 10 people and talked to three people that are going to make the world a better place for others, and it's just been a great conversation. While Andrea's up, sit, tooting around on her on her pontoon, just doing her thing up there on vacation <laughs> land. It's uh, called vacation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave that one alone. Um, Mike, <laughs> can't keep my eyes off of you. Finally. <laughs> my, truth, my truth to you, brother. Yeah. Tell us about it. All right, so... Uh... Uh, if you if you really dig back on my music and you find the old Mike Donnell band stuff, a lot of it's real depressing. Uh, I've had, you know, from the moment I got out of the military, I made bad choices, um, including the women I picked. So uh, a lot of that was just a lot of that on the first album was very depressing and, and I didn't really have anybody to turn to. So music was my outlet on that. Uh, just been let down every time I turned around and it was just I thought it was just going to be me, you know, from then on out and my daughter. So uh, luckily, my wife found me, and um, I, I always say that, you know, she saved my life. That's why I'm so outspoken about her. Uh, but my life was going a completely different direction before I met her. Now, uh, I really don't have many downsides to write about. Uh, so I just, you know, I write the best I can. The first thing that comes to my mind is typically, you know, love songs or funny songs, and, and everything's very happy and uplifting. This one is a product of that. And I thought about, you know, what would be cool is if I wrote a song about our wedding day. And we went back to the to where we got married at, and since we're doing all our own video work now, maybe they'll let us come shoot in the chapel and stuff like that. And they did. They said, "Yeah, that'd be awesome. Y'all come back, set up, take as much time as you need." And you know, so I wrote the song, I recorded it, and then uh, we went back to the chapel that we got married at years after we got married. And uh, my wife, she's responsible for all the video work in that. But you'll see throughout the video that I actually used our wedding day video. Uh, and then chopped it in throughout certain spots of the song. So, cool. so that's what that one is. So cool. I hope I have the right video, brother. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, hey, yeah, me I, too. I There's a couple quick, out there. Be careful. <laughs> I want to say real quick that something's happening to my phone here. It's going haywire when you play my videos. So if I'm not back on immediately after the video ends, I figured out how to get back on. So I will be. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And 
At least it'll be the right song. Hope it's the right video. This is Mike Donnell. Can't keep my eyes off of you. Been around the world On the air, the land and sea From the halls of Montezuma To the shores of Tripoli Well, I've seen places Most people only dream The kind of sights that take your breath away Well, that's what I thought until today And I can't keep my eyes off you The way you look tonight It's really no surprise how you You light up the room so bright The Lord broke the mold on the day you were born There really ain't nothing more beautiful And the funny thing Is you don't even have a clue that I can't keep my eyes off you well, Standing here tonight It's all worthwhile When those doors open Me and you both smile What they don't know is I'm the luckiest man alive I get to take an angel for a while Just watching you walking down that aisle Now I can't keep my eyes off you The way you look tonight It's really no surprise how you You light up the room so bright And the Lord broke the mold on the day you were born As you are And girl you gotta know it's true And I can't keep my eyes off you The way you look tonight It's really no surprise How you You light up the room so bright And the Lord rules the mold On the day you were born There really ain't nothing more beautiful A funny thing
Fuck it off.